It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The new age of the ISA. With the new tax year around the corner, ISA season is about to kick off and UK adults will be able to invest up to £20,000 each in the tax-free accounts. Are you ready? You will be after listening to this podcast. If you're under 40, could the new lifetime ISA be for you? With a generous annual bonus of up to £1,000 from the government, we explain how it works and discuss the pros and cons. And investing for your children. Our experts reveal the strategies they are taking with junior ISAs. Welcome to The Money Show, the FT's weekly podcast on personal finance and investing. I'm Claire Barrett, FT Money Editor, and I'll be giving you this week's money news in downloadable form. ISA season, the highlight of the private investor's calendar, is nearly upon us. This year, investors can look forward to new products and a much higher annual subscription limit of £20,000 per person. That's potentially 40000 you could invest tax-free as a couple. In a special issue of the FT Money Show, we'll be looking at the growing family of tax-free individual savings accounts to give them their full name and how your whole family can use them to invest. I'm joined in the FT studio by two special guests, Micah Curry, FT Money's income investor columnist and investment director at Fidelity International. Welcome, Micah. Hello, Claire. And Holly Mackay, the founder and chief executive of Boring Money, the consumer finance website. Welcome, Holly. Hi, Claire. Well, Thanks for joining me today. Let's start with the rapidly expanding ISA family. In recent years, we've seen the ISA landscape expand exponentially. We've got the junior ISA, the stocks and shares ISA, the cash ISA, the soon-to-be-launched lifetime ISA, and even ISAs to house peer-to-peer lending, the so-called innovative finance ISAs, which are coming on board in the new tax year. Micah, how do investors navigate this plethora of options? That's right, Claire. So we've got George Osborne to thank for that spread of ISAs. Um, If you don't remember who he is, he was the former chancellor. (laughs) A lot of people have questioned whether all this tinkering with the ISA landscape, whether that was a good thing as part of George Osborne's wider savings revolution, or whether too much choice just serves to confuse investors. Be that as it may, there are so many types of ISAs or flavors of ISA that it actually means there's an ISA for everyone. So if we look at the lifetime ISA, that's an interesting one. For example, the self-employed. Since the financial crisis, a lot of people Mm. decided to work for themselves. So we've got a lot of freelancers and contract workers. And it's a great thing working for yourself. You can, you know, go to the office in your slippers. (laughs) But but, but there, there is something that you forfeit, and that's a pension and employer contributions. So the lifetime ISA and that free money that you get to the government, and I know we're going to get into 
the details later is quite useful. And then if we look at things like the junior ISA and we look at the sort of plain vanilla ISAs, if you marry those and if you look at them as a family, they can be useful vehicles as part of your broader financial planning. Indeed. And we'll come on to the detail of the lifetime ISA a little bit later on. But the big thing about this season for most people is that the limit has gone up so much. It was just over £13,000 per person in the current tax year from April the 6th. It will go up to a whopping £20,000. Yes, it's hugely generous. And yeah, higher earners should really sit up and take notice because there are a lot of changes happening with pensions. So we know that if you earn over 110000 what you can put into your pension is being tapered down. We also know that carry forward, so what you didn't put into your pension in previous years will be reducing come this new tax year. So for higher earners might find that they can put more into an ISA than they can put into a pension. Now, of course, they're not going to get the tax relief, but it's still a very useful vehicle to shelter some money away from the tax man. And of course, couples, if they work out a strategy where they look at their investments as one, because we know that you can inherit the allowance from your partner. Indeed. That's a very good point to mention. Now, Holly, I'll bring you in here. So you're very excited about ISA season. (laughs) You've been doing lots of work on your website to get investors interested especially seeing as the new limit is going up to £20,000 a year and there are new products out there. Give us your views. You make me sound very geeky when you say I'm excited about the ice Geeky season. is good. Uh, geeky is good. Well, we've been doing a lot of research, um, just looking at all the stocks and shares ISAs providers in the market. And what we've done is, is rate them from an independent perspective. And what I'm quite pleased about is for the first time we've been able to pull in scores and ratings from investors who are actually customers Customers today, So we're looking at the whole customer experience and including that in our overall rankings and ratings. And I think, you know, we can see across the board over the last few years, the costs of online investing have fallen dramatically across That's the good board. news. And, you know, the choices are getting better every day. There's a sort of new app or something to make it easier. I just reviewed the interactive investor app just this week. So, you know, there's a lot of good choices out there, but I still think, you know, people struggle on, on which ones to pick. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about robo-advisors and how ISA investors can potentially use those later on. But let's pause now to discuss the new product this year that everyone's talking about, the Lifetime ISA, um, dubbed as the ISA for millennials. It's for those aged between 18 and 39. I'm lucky enough to turn 46 days after its launch, so I'll be opening one myself. Now, you can pay up to £4,000 a year into a Lifetime ISA. You still get your remaining £16,000 allowance to do what you like with, but that £4,000 comes with a government bonus of 25%, so that's up to £1,000 of free money a year that you could potentially be getting. But, Micah, there are some very important strings attached. That's right. If you want to withdraw that money for anything other than buying a property, you're going to pay some hefty penalties. So what you're getting here is free money from the government, which is a plus, but you're giving up some flexibility, which, of course, you don't have for the normal ISA. That being said, I still think the lifetime ISA is a great vehicle to get the younger generation saving. It's a great way to to address this issue that we have with the property market. I'll take my colleague as an example. His daughter is 22. She's desperate to buy her first property. He's told her if you put £2,000 into the lifetime ISA, I'll match that with a further £2,000 and then you can get the government top up of £1,000. 
if she doesn't buy a property with that money one day, at least it's getting them into the habit of saving. And if you leave the money there until you reach age 60, you use that for your pension. That's a good thing. That means that the younger generation is putting something away towards their retirement. And as I always say, you know, everyone wants to buy a property. But if you're older and you don't own your own property, you could always rent a property, but you can't rent a pension. That's a very good point. I like that. I'm going to tweet that later. Micah Curry says, you can't rent a pension. Now, one of the biggest criticisms of the Lifetime ISA or the Lisa, which we tackle in FT Money this week, is what is it? Is it a vehicle for saving for a home or is it a vehicle for saving for a pension? Now, George Osborne, the architect, Micah, as you said, of this plan said, well, it's both. Holly, you've been looking into the fact that the fact that this product is so confusing means that few providers will actually be offering it when it launches on April the 6th. That's right. We've talked to the market. I mean, at the moment, we've just had Charles Stanley, Hargreaves Lansdowne and the Share Centre confirm that they will be offering a lifetime ice. I've seldom seen a product which has got the industry sort of so divided. There's a lot of people out there who think that this is the devil's spawn and it's <laughs> going to mean that um, you called it the millennials ISA, that people will be looking to this because of the short-term attractions. They won't understand fully the penalties involved. And of course, if you're at work, and let's face it, I think providers sometimes live in la-la land a bit because, you know, let's say... Take a 25-year-old who's living in London, dealing with student debt, dealing with rent. There isn't a lot to spare. So I think what little savings they have arguably should be directed into a workplace pension, where, of course, you're getting the contributions from both your employer and the government. So it's a real... People have very sort of polarised views about whether the lifetime ISA is a good thing or a bad thing. That's absolutely true. We have an enormous Q&A in FT Money this weekend. What do you need to know about the Lifetime ISA, which will cover all of the pros and cons, the important cons being, as Holly's just said, the dangers of sacrificing a workplace pension in order to get the Lifetime ISA, which should you choose, and the huge penalties which investors will face if they want to withdraw money early. Now, one thing that people don't realise about the Lifetime ISA is it's not just a cash account. It is possible to use it, as you would, a stocks and shares ISA. However, Holly, you've been doing some research that suggests that women are far less likely to have a stocks and shares ISA full stop, even though the rates on cash ISAs keep falling. It surprises me so much. Every time we do this research every year and I get the stats back, and this year we did it again, 20% of British males, British male adults, have a stocks and shares ISA compared to just 10% of women. And when we look at who has invested online directly without a financial advisor, 24% of guys and 9% of women. So there is a huge and very pronounced gender gap in attitudes towards investing. And we have spent a lot of time over the last year, Claire, talking to women and trying to work out why Mm. this is. When you look at other products like cash ice, more women have them than men. When you look at the household finances, it's generally very equally shared. But there's this one specific area. And The research we've done and the conversations I've had, it tends to come down to the fear of risk. And women, and I know some people will be shouting here and going, you're generalising, that's terrible. But looking at the data, women are more risk averse than the guys and really turned off by the stock market, even though 
we're in this crazy environment where interest rates are basically stuff all and inflation is higher. So cash as a long-term savings vehicle is just bonkers. And this is also a really personal issue for junior ISAs, as women are more likely to open these accounts for their children rather than men. And sadly, they're more likely to favour cash. Now, Micah, you've been writing in FT Money this week about how you've invested for your seven-month-old daughter, Elise. Tell us more about your strategy. That's right. So what I've adopted is what I call a lock-up-and-go approach to her savings. Now, the lock-up part refers to the junior ISA. Now, the beauty of a junior ISA is that you can't access that money until she reaches age 18. That's a good thing because it enforces a savings discipline and it means neither me or her can get hold of the money. So there's a long time horizon for that money to grow. But the disadvantage, of course, is that we can't get hold of the money should we need it for any unexpected expenses or if we want to use it for something like school fees. So this ISA is going to be used for any bonus money, any lump sums, any gifts from grandparents. It's a good place to direct any friends or family when they ask, what can I get Elise for a birthday or Christmas? Then there's my go part of my investment strategy. Now, as we mentioned, the ISA allowance is increasing to £20,000 in the new tax year. That means between my husband and and myself, we can save £40,000. But paying nursery fees, it's very unlikely that we're going to use that full allowance. So I'm dedicating a slice of my own ISA allowance towards saving for her. So I'll set up a regular savings account and I'll put some money aside every month. The beauty, of course, is something's going towards saving for her. But if I do need the money, I can get hold of it. Now, let's just talk for a moment about the investment approach. In both cases, I'm going for stocks and shares because, as you mentioned, the returns on cash are zero. And going down with inflation rising. Exactly. So with a junior ISA, that's going to very much be a set and forget fund. So a good option here is a low-cost, low-maintenance investment like an ETF or a tracker, probably global or emerging markets that gives me exposure to a, a, a few countries but that I can hold and forget about. In my own ISA, where I'll probably be more engaged keeping an eye on and that I'll probably choose an actively managed fund and get the benefit of of an active manager. Now Holly you've taken a different approach because your children are older. Tell us about your great junior ISA experiment please. Well I've been trying to work out how I get my kids to to understand about money. I generally think I might sound like a grumpy old lady but kids are quite spoiled these days they have a lot of expectations they don't understand where money comes from and to my horror about two years ago I asked my son who was seven at the time where money came from and he said the cash point machine (laughs) mummy so I thought right I've got to do something about this so I've kind of used that I've sat them down and talked to them I'm not going to pretend they were desperately interested. They're now nine and seven. But I have started to explain some very basic concepts about investing to them. And actually, because of my own poor administration, because I had to change one of their passwords and then I forgot it, so I invested a few months later than I did for my daughter, 
I found that actually they've started to do slightly differently. So I'm trying to tap into the sibling rivalry point because last year, because of their slight different sort of time frames around investments and what I hold for them, my daughter actually did 3% better than my son. Ooh. So I've started to kind of chuck that. Well, they spend all their time fighting now, right, Claire? So I may as well get them to <laughs> try fight and get about them to fight about something educational. Well, that's a really interesting way of looking at the investment strategy and educating younger readers, whether they're female or male, for a future lifetime of DIY investing. Now, Micah, your strategy with your junior ISA and your own ISA, that's a good way of combining different savings vehicles. But let's touch on pensions briefly and how readers should consider marrying those with their ISA investments. That's right. Well, There've been a lot of chopping and changing around the pension rules, and it's very easy to actually forget that you should make the most of the system. At this time of year, is very much dubbed ISA season, and we often forget about our pensions, and we often forget that we should top up our pensions too to make the most of the current tax year. And as I mentioned, higher earners should sit up and take notice because from the 6th of April, the start of this new tax year, the amount that they can put forward using carry forward, and it is mostly higher earners that use that, will fall by £10,000. So use carry forward this year. And of course, the annual allowance, the, the complete amount that you can put into your pension is also being reduced. So that's where you can marry a pension and an ISA. So put some money into your ISA and your pension. Fantastic advice. Well, for those who want more of a tailor-made solution to ISA investing, the rise of online robo-advisors will be of interest. Holly, what are your thoughts on this expanding marketplace? I think the the robo advice market is is really interesting, but it's still in its infancy. It's not particularly robo at the moment. It's still a little sort of small firms without much investment. There's still a bit of Excel spreadsheets going on. And of course, many of them are not giving financial advice. They're not regulated to give financial advice. But I think of these guys as if we think about what happened to our, our cooking over the last couple of, of decades, we used to go out to specialist shops, we used to buy all the ingredients and have to go home at the end of a busy day and cook up a meal. Today, we can get a ready meal. And that's what the robo-advisors have done for investors. And I find it's either people who really just short-circuit when they see a list of 2,000 funds and go, I haven't got a clue about mm. where to start. Or it's people who are just busy and they haven't got time to follow the markets and what's going on and they want to outsource it. So typically for less than 1% all in, you will go online to one of these robo-advisors, fill out a risk profile questionnaire of up to 10 questions, uh, be allocated a portfolio and they will manage it for you on an ongoing basis. And I'm, I'm in two minds about this. It's still really small. It's just it's less than 1% market share of all the online investing options. I think cybersecurity for me is an issue I'm more and more aware of. And I think naturally, bigger brands are going to have more sort of firepower to, to fight that with. But on the other hand, I love the websites. I like the customer journeys. The apps are easier. That It's more pleasant to deal with these guys. So I think for me, when I look out there, Nutmeg, uh, Wealthify are the two that really stand out. And I think they'll do a lot for people who mean to invest or think they should get round to it, but go online and look at all the choice and, and just think, do you know what? I'm out of my depth. Well, some good thoughts there. Lots of other thoughts for first-time investors in FT Money's special ISA season supplement this weekend. Now, Micah, finally, when it comes to investing 
your remaining ISA allowance for the current tax year, which runs out on April 5th. Could you give us some ideas? That's right, Claire. Your readers will be well-versed in the merits of ISAs, and they'll probably be wondering, what should I put my ISA allowance in this time of year? Now, I can't give financial advice. I can only tell you what fund picks we've been looking at and where we see some some potentially good ideas. So one key theme this year, as we heard from Donald Trump last night as he was delivering his speech to Congress, it's all about fiscal stimulus. It's all about tax cuts. That's going to mean higher growth, but more government borrowing and wider deficits. Now, that type of environment is really good for shares. It's not that good for bonds. So we're very much looking at the equity side of things. A fund we like is the Rathbone Global Opportunities Fund. It's always a good option for a junior ISA and for your own ISA. It's managed by a chap called James Thompson. It's a very defensive fund. It's got a good spread across the developed markets. It's got a high allocation to the U.S. And The U.S. is an interesting market. We are still positive on the U.S., even though valuations here are looking quite punchy. The U.S. has led the global recovery, and this market has exposure to to those sectors that will probably do well this year, financials, technology, pharmaceuticals. So given that backdrop, there's a U.S. fund we like, the Old Mutual North American Equity Fund, managed by Ian Heslop. It is quite a quantitative approach. And then finally, another market we're positive on is Japan. Now, okay. that always raises eyebrows. When will the sun ever rise on Japan? Well, please, Marin Somerset Webb. <laughs> <laughs> now, the key thing here is, again, America. Rising interest rates will give the dollar a boost, and it'll give it a boost against its main trading partners, i.e. Japan. That means a weaker yen. A weaker yen is good for Japan's big export market. So that's why we expect this to be a good year for Japan. I will mention that the fund we hold is the Schroeder Tokyo Fund. That's the fund we've looked at. And the key thing is that we've opted for the hedged version, Sterling Hedged Share Class. Okay, well, some interesting ideas there. Thank you very much to our two special studio guests, Micah Curry there of Fidelity International and Holly Mackay from Boring Money. An important note, our discussion of investments on the FT Money Show is not financial advice. If you're unsure about what investment choices to make, please seek advice from an independent professional advisor. If you want to read more about the topics we've discussed in this podcast, FT Money's ISA season special issue will be on sale from Saturday as part of your FT Weekend newspaper. And you can access all of the articles on our website online at ft.com money. That's all from The Money Show this week. If you've got a story you'd like The Money Team to follow up or even a question to pose to our team of financial experts, get in touch. Our email address, money at ft.com, tweet us at ftmoney or comment on our articles online at ft.com slash guesswhatmoney. We will be back next Thursday at the usual time. Goodbye. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. 
And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.